This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 228. I'd like to bludgeon that. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And welcome back to another thrilling and exciting All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros, and with me, as usual, is Shade. How you doing, Shade? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. That's good to hear. And uh, how has your week been? Um, Busy. I started raiding. We did... Let's cool. see. I've done Blackwing Descent now, and we tried doing the Conclave of Wind... Which was like, uh, well, it's up. It's the same place as like Vortex Pinnacle, only in a different spot. But it's in the middle of the air, right? So it's that whole. It's beautiful. That's all I have to say. The 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 graphics for the zone. If you've ever been into Vortex Pinnacle, it, it looks like some sort of painting. It looks really surreal and really beautiful. Um, Conclave of Wind, is or the Throne of the Four Winds, I guess, is what they call it. It's it's similar it's kind of the same thing um where you have the buildings and stuff but the way it's set up is like there's this big pillar in the middle right and alicure is like floating on this big pillar and then surrounding him is the conclave of wind and it's like these three other guys and they're on three pillars that are floating in the middle of nowhere and to get from one pillar to another pillar you jump onto this wind tunnel thing and you go whoosh up in the air and then you come back down and you're on their pillar and then you run to the next one and you go whoosh and you're on the next pillar so and part of the mechanic of the fight is you have to move from pillar to pillar. So yeah, if you're afraid of heights or you have vertigo or anything like that, it'd probably freak you out. I just thought it was really neat. <laughs> cool. And yeah. and did you have success? Um yeah, we did. Uh I did not get to, I I didn't get to f- fight uh Magma. That's like the first dude in Blackwing Descent, but I did get to fight the other bosses that were in there. Um we beat Let's see, who did we do? It was like Halfa Wormbreaker or something like that. He's got these vials and throws things around, and he's really interesting. And then we got to fight. We found Finkel Einhorn. He's he's actually, like, in Blackwing Descent, which I thought was really entertaining. And then we fought a blind dragon that introduced this new mechanic called the sound bar because the way the blind dragon works is he can't see you so he sends out these sonic pulses and you have to avoid them if you get hit by them then you make noise oh jam jars just said malarak halfus is in twilight bastion thank you jam jars yeah it's malarak he's malarak has this really weird design he's like this tall scrawny looking I want like a little mini version of him to follow me around and throw vials at critters he's just he's kind of cute <laughs> that made that critter killing achievement pretty easy then yeah it would I, I don't know where we're at on our critter kill thing um we've been kind of you know plunking away at it but no I haven't really our, my guild's level 10 now so we have the cloaks the heirloom cloaks I'm working on getting revered cause 
once you have revered reputation, that's when your um, reputations that you have count towards the ambassador achievement for the guild. And I think between myself and a couple of others that still have to hit revered, um, we will hit the 55 exalted reputations easy. Because I know I have 45 exalted reputations, and we have several other people in the guild that are also at the 45 rep, and everybody's got different reps. I have some obscure ones, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's awesome. Glad to, glad to hear that you're uh, progressing. Yeah, our, our, the Heroes of Lord on Guild is going to be uh, having a critter-killing event. Oh, yeah? It's next <laughs> Wednesday, I believe. Awesome. Yeah, we're gonna we're all gonna, all gonna get, get in a raid and... Uh, Go kill some, some crit ass. It should be pretty cool. Well, I, I'm hoping it'll be a lot of fun uh, for our new, newer guild members. Yeah, I haven't been actively working towards it, but anytime I'm in like uh, Oldham, and I find those sheep piles, I'll like jump into the middle of them and hit fan of knives. I'm like, yay, I'm doing my part, but I don't actively kill the critters. I feel kind of bad for doing it, but the the armadillo pet is so cute. <laughs> I really do want one. <laughs> well, I, I I do hope that you add the armadillo pet to your uh, collection in the next short while. I have a stupid number of pets. What have you been up to besides arranging critter kill squad things? I got uh, Medros through all of the level, like all the questing. Uh, he's now completed all uh, all of the new zones. And, well, he hasn't done anything in Tolbarad because. The horde seems to perma have perma own that one in, on uh, Argent Dawn, but uh, did you do the north part of Tolbarad? I haven't. I haven't even looked at Tolbarad yet. Oh, see, you can do the north part. You could do the daily quests in the north part. Um, owning Tolbarad just gives you extra daily quests, but you should go okay. work there because, like, um, the stuff that you can get with the little from the dailies and the little I forget what they're called, the little currency that you can get the commendations. I think it is Tolbarad commendations from doing the daily quests. You can get cool stuff. Like, there's really cool trinkets in there, and, of course, there's the mounts. Your alliance, so you'd get a spectral pony, and there's, like, a seagull pet, and there's a dragon that you can get with, like, 200 of those things. It's actually... And the Northern Daily Quests, those aren't dependent on PvP or anything. You can just go do them. Oh, that's cool. It's a pretty cool area. I just... I like the zone. I think the zone is just... It looks really cool. You should go check it out. I will definitely have to do that. It's one of those things that... I have so many alts that I want to level at this point that I'm... Dailies are not priority. <laughs> Tolborod's not really... Yeah, Tolborod's really not the priority for me at this point. Um, my main priority right now is get through, through the main PvE zones that are yeah. considered part of the leveling, the leveling path. And then moving on, I've got uh, Medros up to... He's now got five prof- or, sorry, three professions that are at 525. See, he's got archaeology, blacksmithing, and mining that are all maxed out. Tolbarad is also excellent for mining. You can find pyrite out the yin-yang in Tolbarad. Cool. I have so much pyrite, I don't know what to do with it all. I think I have something like six or seven stacks of pyrite ore. Yeah, see, all the stuff that I want to make with my with my blacksmithing right now requires, ca- like, six to ten chaos orbs each. Mm-hmm. I haven't even successfully completed a, a normal dungeon. It was on, the, on Saturday, after, early afternoon, uh, just before group quest, I went and did a um, a run through, well, a random, and we ended up getting uh, the Lost City of Tolvir, or whatever the hell it's called in Oldham there. The Kitty Cat People Dungeon. Yes. I like that one. 
I like the end because the end you hit the tornadoes and you go poo, and then you're up on top of the thing. That, that's great to hear. Except I didn't get that far. Let let, oh, let me let me tell you how the beginning of the dungeon went, and you can guess how far we got. No CC, <laughs> no marking, and a hunter who kept pulling aggro. Yeah. So did you get the first boss down? We got one boss down. Uh. And, and the hunter promptly uh, rolled need on the pole arm, won it, and then AFK'd out. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens is, like, people will go in there for one piece of loot, and then once they get that piece of loot, they'll leave. Now, mind you, if it was just a hunter, I don't, you know, he could have requeued and got another DPS almost immediately. We did. A and mm. then the DPS priest was in their PvP spec apparently asked their guild to hold instead of us uh the tank pulled we all wiped and then the group crumbled fun yeah blast in a normal dungeon in a normal in a normal yeah. uh, we sorry. had three wipes yeah people don't seem to um i don't know it, it's like what i was talking about last week is you know they're like well if this isn't easy i'm not gonna try uh -huh. Which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Realistically speaking, it makes no sense to me. I don't know. I've got this theory about the dungeon finder, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll 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 get to that more later. But yeah, it was just the the one of the people in the group asked if the tank wanted CC, and he's like, sure, and then he went, goes ahead and pulls anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you're not marking, you're not giving a chance for CC to figure out what they're going to CC, and. Yeah. Like, it was just like, dude, you're not in Northrend anymore. Now, the dungeons that I've been in, it, you know, the only issue that I've run into once in a while is the tank will pull before I sap. Because what I'll do is I'll distract the, the group and then I'll sap whichever mom I'm going to sap. And I don't, I don't find myself needing marks. I'm like, okay, the one I'm sapping is the one that's going to have the purple swirly over its head and be standing there still. Mm -hmm. That means that it's sapped. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I don't really like mark my targets or anything like that. But occasionally the tank will pull before I've actually sapped. The, like they'll see the distract go off and then they'll pull. And I'm like, all I have to do is pipe up and say, okay, you got to wait for me to sap it before you pull. And then they go, oh, sorry. And then it's never a problem. But like uh, the other people that I've run with, like warlocks and stuff, you know, they'll see a mob coming, they'll fear it and, and keep a chain feared. That's cool. Or, you know, the mage will go ahead and sheep a target and keep it sheeped. That's cool. It doesn't matter whether it's in combat or not. Mine sapping has to be done out of combat. So, and as far as I know, it's the only one that needs to be out of combat CC wise so I don't know but yeah dungeons dungeons are interesting I'm sorry you didn't have a better experience with it well on the upside we did kill the first boss on one shot you know one try at him we got him hey that's better than most people do because like I know on heroic anyway people have they they like have a tough time with the whole hey we shouldn't be stepping on these landmines that he's putting down on the ground I don't know why. <laughs> the tank did do a quick summary of, okay, well, this is his, this is what you have to watch out for. You know, when yeah. he throws down landmines, avoid them. When there's swirly stuff on the floor, avoid it. If he throws you into a wall, open prey. I mean... Does he do the thing where he does the war stomp and it does the... Yeah. The spikes that. coming out of the ground? Okay. I wasn't sure what changed between regular and heroic version, or if it was just a matter of more damage. Yeah, like, he he, he does that. I, I 
I, I figured out for myself that it was like when you see the ground start doing the X thing, just don't stand where it's heaving part. Don't stand in the fluffy stuff on the ground. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, Oathblade asks, have you been tanking? And I'm I haven't been because I don't have the time to research those dungeons like I'd want to. Yeah. Because going into a Northrend dungeon as a tank, okay. I go in, I tank, I get threat, tank and spank, I'm done. But I know that dungeons in Cataclysm are different and much more complex. I don't want to be going in there and not having researched the dungeon. Going in as a random, I can't control the dungeon. So... Yeah. I would want to go and research those dungeons and know each boss, uh, at least have a read-through of what their abilities are and what to watch out for and what to CC if need be and so on. Yeah, the trash you don't have to worry about so much, especially if you go into people go in with people that have CC. Um, if you're going in as a tank and you expect CC to happen, then have you know start marking mobs on poles and going okay major moon and and rogue your star and or make the yeah. rogue the moon they never make me the moon but i like the moon they're always like rogue you get to be star and i'm like first of all my name is shade secondly i really like the moon <laughs> but do i ever get to be the moon no but the moon's always the sheep yeah i know dumb mages anyway <laughs> skull is skull is first kill. X is second kill. Moon is sheep. Usually, in my group, it's usually the blue thing that's the uh, the that square the sap. The square. Yeah. 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 See, usually they make it star, and I'm like, well, okay, I guess the star is okay, but I really like the moon. I think it's pretty. I'd like to bludgeon that on the back of the head. But yeah. <sighs> so anyway, what else do we have to talk about today? Because we've been just blithering on and on. <laughs> Well, as, as we don't have a sponsor, uh, we have lots of time. We can talk about what's going on with our week. But, yeah, you're right. Let's move on to our topics of the day. Okay. So, just so I know what what else we have time for, I have a line item in our show notes here that simply says, Shades Wild Ideas. Oh, do we want to talk about that now? Let's talk about that now so I know how much more of the show we have after you're done. Okay. Well, um, it's not really a wild idea, just as much as like something that I've been pondering lately, and it has to do with the Dungeon Finder, which we were just talking about anyway, so hey, I guess it kind of slides in and works. The thing is, is like, I was reading some posts, I did a daily quest, right, and I do the daily quest on uh, WoW Insider, and basically what I do with the daily quest is I, I surf a lot of the blogs and I mean a lot of the Warcraft blogs out there you may not even know that I'm reading your blog but I do and I try and find posts that kind of have a similar theme and then I link them because I'm like hey guys these posts are interesting you should go read them you know try and give people some traffic it's a nice thing to do and sometimes they have really good posts well the latest one that I did was about the dungeon finder and it was people talking about the current state of the dungeon finder and what happens when they go into a heroic like what their experience is going into a heroic and world of warcraft philosophized philosophized see i really love his blog but i can barely pronounce it anyway um he he writes a bunch of really cool posts i i i love his vlog i really do um and he was talking about the subjectivity in in dungeon finder policing basically you know how you police the dungeon finder you can't really because the dungeon finder just picks a bunch of random people right well i'm thinking about this and i keep thinking about this and i keep wondering you know when they introduced the dungeon finder back in patch 3.3 
people thought it was this absolute godsend, right? Because finally people could get into groups without having to spam trade chat for hours on end. You could find a group relatively easily, and with the queue, it, w it made sure that you would eventually get in a group, right? Theoretically. That's how it works. That's, that's the whole evolution behind the Dungeon Finder, is that if you join the queue, eventually you will get a group. Tanks right now in Cataclysm have... I mean, before they... When, when they're thinking about hitting the button, the queue pops for them, because it's that quickly. Um, just because tanks are rare and in kind of short supply. And I think a lot of it has to do with what you were talking about, where you said, well, you don't want to tank a dungeon if it's, you know, you don't know anything about the dungeon. So I think we have a lot of hesitant tanks out there, and we probably have a lot of tanks that, you know, don't necessarily have the gear for heroics. So they don't want to try tanking until they've got that gear. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, the other strong possibility, and this probably has 99% to do with it, nine times out of ten, the tanks that you find, they're already in established guilds, so they're running guild groups. Because their guildies are like, hey, come tank something for us, because, you know, you have a tank right there, right on hand, so why not grab them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So tanks get this automatic, like, immediate queue. Healers usually have to wait about eh, five, ten minutes, never really longer than 15 that I've found for a healer. Healers are not in as short a supply as tanks, but they're still, you know, they're not a dime a dozen. DPS, on the other hand, dime a dozen. And um, I don't know what it's like on other servers or other battle groups or whatever. On mine, if I queue up for a random as a DPS with nobody else in my party, minimum wait time is anywhere from 40 to 50 minutes to get into a dungeon to get into a heroic and that's middle of the day busiest time busiest playtime it sometimes takes longer sitting in the queue than it does to run the dungeon itself and if you are unlucky enough to get in a group that like you know can't get anywhere then you've just wasted an hour and a half potentially two hours of your time <laughs> waiting to run one dungeon mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah I think I I think the other day when I did the the one the one boss run there. I think I was in queue for 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I was really surprised to see it pop so soon. Right. Well, what you're looking at here is most of the stories that you see. And this includes the stories that I posted in the daily quest. Most of the stories that you see are people reporting just horror stories from random groups where, you know, they'll break up after the first boss or the tank won't get what he wants off of the first boss, so then he'll just leave the queue because, you know what, all he has to do is wait 15 minutes and then, boom, he's back in a dungeon again, right? Yeah. Or you have people that are just being jerks to each other or indiscriminately being jerks to other people in the group because, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can vote kick them, but then you have to find another player and it makes the dungeon take that much longer. We didn't have this problem before the dungeon finder. When you made a group on your server, the server was self-policing. So if you had those people that were jerks, everyone on the server knew that they were a jerk, right? Yeah. And nobody would group with them. Eventually, that person would either have to find something else to do, make nice with everybody, or transfer off the server and start again elsewhere. Or 
and this was, you know, the potential that everybody looked for, quit the game entirely because they were a jerk and nobody wanted to play with them, right? Yeah. So there was that whole self-policing aspect and there was that whole community aspect of finding groups and doing dungeons. Now, it was kind of the same back in vanilla prior to the introduction of the battleground queue and prior to the introduction of battle groups. Um, when you went into AV or you went into uh, you went into Warsong Gulch or anything like that, right? When you went in there, oh, see, now Hastor is saying, yeah, they could cha just change their name. Now, the thing is, Hastor, on my server, people were very good at policing these guys. And if they found a jerk, they would put the jerk's name on their friend list. So if that person changed their name, uh, they would know about it immediately. So anyway, PvP, right? Um, early days of PvP, before the battleground queuing and before you had battle groups working together... When you went into Warsong Gulch, you pretty much knew who your opponents were because they were guys from your server. So people would talk back and forth on the forums, and there was always there was this really strong community aspect to the game. The Dungeon Finder, it's made it easier to get into groups, but at the same time, it's it seems to have eliminated the community policing that was happening. And I know that World of Warcraft in general, they're a fan of community policing because they do encourage people to report other people for, you know, name violations or if they're swearing in chat or if they're doing things that they shouldn't be in Goldshire, you know, that kind of thing. You're supposed to report that action, but it takes a while to sit down and actually type up a report. So nine times out of ten, people just don't do it, right? Well, when you are putting together dungeon groups it was a lot easier to police the community because you didn't you didn't have to report somebody you didn't have to write up a report or anything all you had to do was just shun them you didn't invite them to groups you didn't invite them to you know and eventually they would get the picture that what they were doing was not acceptable by the general public so what i'm wondering is was the dungeon finder actually a good idea was it actually something that we needed, or did has it done more harm to the community than good? I don't know what the answer to that is, but I would love to hear email from people, you know, kind of weighing in on that. Because I, I think I may actually write an article about this for WoW Insider. I, I may throw something together on that, because it's, it's just something that's been kind of going on in the back of my head for the past couple of days. I don't know. What do you think? You you haven't done much dungeons, but the one that you did have, you know. I, I think that the Dungeon Finder did solve the problem it was intended to solve. It, it, it did solve the problem of people getting into queues faster because they had a lot more groups, a lot, lot, lot larger pool to go from. Instead of having to wait an hour or two on their server, right. they were then able to wait... 10 minutes at, or even less and get a, a, a random very quickly. So in that case, it did solve that problem. It did create the problems you're talking about, though. It did eliminate that ability for players to uh, self-police their, their fellow players because how are you going to self-police somebody who's not on your server? It just it seemed to kind of make that whole community aspect of being on a particular server almost deteriorate a little bit. And for a game that's supposed to be emphasized on the social aspects of that game, it seems to have kind of, you know, de-emphasized that social aspect, that community aspect of being on a server or having any kind of server pride or, you know, knowing the people on your server. I don't, 
I don't know half the people on my server anymore. Because people have, like, left the server and other people have moved on to the server. And, you know, it, it there's not that sense of camaraderie that there was at one point in time. It's, it's... I'm just wondering if it created more problems than it solved. I would say that it definitely created some problems. Whether it's more problems than it solved, I don't know. And I'm not sure that I can really say because... I can go based upon my experiences. I can't. I don't know everybody else's experiences to go by to judge how their hand, how how, how it helped them or hurt them. Okay. Um, I would say from my experiences, it's helped me because I can get into groups a lot faster. Well, I tell you what, let's ask the general listening public of all things Azeroth. Send in an email if you've got if you've got some kind of thoughts on the subject. Send in an email or a voicemail. Let us know what you think because this is something. Like I said, I've been kind of mulling this over the past couple of days and I'm curious to hear other people's thoughts on it so and that was it for my wild ideas so I don't know if that took up more time than you intended or not <laughs> I wanted to know how long it was going to take before I uh, went on with any other topics before we do continue with the rest of the news I did want to advise everybody from the day we're recording this in five days is All Things Azeroth's fourth anniversary Ooh. July, uh, January 15th, 2007, the day before the Burning Crusade released, we had a large group conversation that was released as All Things Azeroth Episode 1. So, in order to celebrate, we are doing a contest. Now, for this contest, we are asking our listeners, those beloved fans who have been listening to the show for the entire last year, to clip out their favorite moments, or if they don't have the ability to clip those out themselves, Go through and find the moment you're thinking of and send us the timestamp. Uh, we'll compile that into a show uh, for airing uh, probably in February sometime. And we will release that. And uh, for those who are interested, you can uh, you can also go through and check out uh, the, the entries that are received. For the prizes, we don't have the, the final list of prizes. I'm still waiting to hear back from a few companies. Um, but I can definitely assure you there will be tavern craft prizes, curse mm-hmm. prizes, uh, as well as other prizes available through this contest. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, send your entries in. And uh, there will be more than just one or two or three prizes. There will be a lot of people who win. So definitely get yours in. And uh, good luck. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Four years. Four years. Four years. Enix. That's that's like that's like high school. That's like it's like we just we're we're graduating high school and moving on to college or wherever, or like a crappy job at a fast food place. You're actually high school only three years, but okay. Oh really? Yeah. Canada is so weird. Anyway, we we have (laughs) have junior high and then we have high school three years each. Oh okay, because the way it works with us is like you've got. Five years of elementary, and then there's three years, uh, or no, yeah, three years of middle school, and then four years of high school. But that's, uh, that's weird. Twelve years. We, we have one through, kindergarten, two, three, four, five, six is elementary, seven, eight, nine is junior, and then ten, eleven, twelve for high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah your elementary is a little longer. Yeah, I guess. Same number of years in school. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and also for anybody who wants to, uh, please do send your MP3s or your voicemails 
uh, even emails into the show. We'll read those next time um, on uh, the next episode when we announce the winners as well. Uh, for your when we reconvene, your, your, yes. When, when, if you want to send in your congratulatory, vo- you know, MP3s, voicemails, or emails, uh, we will read as many of those and play as many of those as we can next week on the show. Sure. Let's get on with the the main news. I would say the biggest news for me this week was one that came out today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the Iron Forge and Undercity mugs of Open Taverncraft. These look awesome, dude. I wrote those up like as soon as I saw them. I was I, I was like, hey, 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 can I write these up? Because okay, number one, I love my Orgrimmar mug that, that that you got me for Christmas. It's awesome. It holds an obscene amount of coffee, and I could totally clock someone in the back of the head with it and like knock them out and not even damage the mug. And to me. That says quality stone. Okay, right? hold on. Before we continue on, I would like to ask you, and perhaps uh-huh. Jen and Chris Blatt in the chat room can answer for themselves, why is it that every day I give Taverncraft product to feels the need to hit people with them? Like, is that is that a side effect of the fact they're Warcraft stuff, or what? Maybe. I don't know. Well, see, and the, the handle for, for the Orgrimmar mug looks kind of like an axe, so... And the weight of it, you know, when you hold it in your hand, the first thing you think when you hold it in your hand is, my God, this is heavy. (laughs) This would make a really great offhand, you know? I mean, (laughs) I I don't know. I, I, you know, any, any type of stoneware mug or coffee cup or anything that I've ever owned... And and this is from when I started drinking coffee, like without sneaking it from my parents' mug. But the heavier it is, somehow, I I just I feel like it's more solid and it's not going to break and it's not going to shatter. I've had coffee cups shatter before, and you know, make me terribly unhappy because they were these beautiful, delicate ceramic pieces, right? This is not a beautiful, delicate ceramic piece. This is a mug, <laughs> and it's a really strong mug, and I love it to bits. <laughs> I was so excited to see these, though, because you know what that means, right? That means they're going to do Thunder Bluff, and they're going to do maybe the Echo Isles. I'm not sure. I don't know about the Echo Isles. I'm thinking probably what they're going to do is they're going to do Thunder Bluff, and they're going to do Silver Moon, and they're going to do the Exodar, and they're going to do Darnassus. Darnassus. Yeah, and and, so that it's like a four-piece set, I'm going to assume. Um, And... I want all four of them now. If they're coming out with four, I want all four of them. <laughs> I concur. I would like Ironforge and Darnassus and Exodar. I'd like one for Gilneas too. And for Nomergon. But I'm probably just getting greedy there, so. I think that'd be cool. I mean, I would love to see a Kazan mug too. I mean, I'd like to see one from all of the Horde races. That's why I'd like to see an Echo. I'd love to see one with the Echo Isles with Vulgen on it. Oh, I would love a Vulgen mug. Are you kidding me? It'd go right next to Thrall. <laughs> and I like the Sylvanas one that they've got. I mean, it's the same guy doing the artwork for these. James Zhang. And he's he's done artwork for the Warcraft trading card game. He's done, like, several of the cards for the trading, the trading card game. So his artwork is really solid. And I don't know how they put the artwork... I'm, I'm lifting this mug right now. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that? That's my mug. Anyway... I don't know how they got the artwork on the mug. I don't know if it was a heat transfer or something like that, but it doesn't scratch. It doesn't, you know, there's no, it, it, it's just a really solid piece of artwork and it's beautifully detailed for being on the side of a mug. 
I the one I'm looking at right now is you know the gates of Orkmar and there's like flames and fire and all kinds mm-hmm. of cool stuff and thralls just chilling on it. It's just it's a really cool mug. <laughs> I love it to bits. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you like yours. I I hope to get mine soon and uh, be able to enjoy mine mm-hmm. just as much. And they are also I mean all of them are really cool looking. I the Varian one looks really excellent. It's like, it's beautifully done. I just, you know, the other thing that I really like about it is the Ironforge one. I mean, okay, obviously Thrall in Cataclysm, he's not the leader of Orgrimmar anymore, but he's on the mug. And then you have Magnate on the uh, Ironforge mug, even though he's no longer with us. He's on the Ironforge mug. So, Is he a big, is he a big diamond? No. No, he's a dwarf. <laughs> big red beard. It is, it is pre, uh, pre-crystallization. Sylvanas, of course, she looks like her new model. It's not the old Night Elf Sylvanas model. It's the actual updated model. But again, it's it's just they're they're beautiful. I want them all. So yeah, I was excited, very excited to see these. I'd like to say that my my fiance is awesome. She brought me strudel. Oh, I was like, (laughs) why did it go all quiet? I don't understand. Oh, there was strudel happening. Okay. She she just brought it in for me because I guess she decided to make the strudel we had. Apple and blueberry. But Ooh. I'll have those after the show. Ooh. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely like them. I'm very excited to see what the next ones are going to be. I think once they have all four or however many out they're going to have, um, I will definitely... I'm hoping um, they do a set. I will definitely order the set, yeah. And um, maybe I'll see if I can get uh, Jerry back on uh, in the next uh, month or two to talk a little bit more about what they're coming out with next and uh, where, where they're going from that. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I know right now the Ironforge one, you can order that right now and it ships immediately. The Undercity one, it's not shipping until March, but you can pre-order it. So I don't know why it's taking a little bit longer, but apparently it's taking a little bit longer. That's okay, though. I think they're beautiful. So moving on, what else have we got to chat about today? People in the chat room are asking if my fiancé brought enough to share. Uh, no, there's never what, enough oh, the to share people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I'm mailing you banana bread. There, you should mail me strudel. strudel to share. <laughs> I don't think it would last. I, I think customs both ways might uh, need to inspect it for quality. I'd receive a package with, like, crumbs <laughs> in the bottom of it and be like, oh, well. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll bet you that was really delicious, Strudel. I'll just smell the package. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was really excited to see the uh, the Iron Forge and Under City announcements today. Um, the the look of the mugs looks really awesome. They really, well, the, the, especially the dwarf one, the Iron Forge one, really looks the handle looks dwarven. It, it sticks, stays with the theme of the uh, the Stormwind one with the kind of I don't know how to say it. I my, my instinct to say civilized look to the mug where it, the Horde one looks more rustic and more you know Hordish. Primal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like you could so, clock so someone on the back of the. <laughs> And they wouldn't leave marks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the the mugs look really awesome. And I'd imagine maybe in the next month or two we'll have another uh, another round of mugs announced. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll definitely see if we can get Jerry on to talk a little bit more about those and uh, see what else they've got coming up. Now, yeah. we had the 4.0.6 PTR. Um, there's a fair bit of news in our notes here about that. Um, yeah. Going through the notes, uh, for your classes that you play, what was... What kind of stuff really stuck out for you? What do you mean, as far as the rogue stuff? Yeah. Rogue stuff was pretty boring, actually. Um, 
what surprised me was that they were talking about how okay right now on rogue gear if you're playing assassination if you're playing a mutilate spec crit is the last thing in the world that you want if you have crit on your gear you immediately reforge it you reforge it to hit you reforge it to mastery, you reforge it to expertise, you reforge it to whatever you need as long as that thing is not crit, right? Well, when Ghostcrawler was talking about uh, the different class changes that they wanted to make, they were saying that crit was one of those things. They didn't want it to be unappealing for assassination rogues, and they wanted to actually make it a better prospect for them. I was surprised not to see that addressed in the PTR. Instead, what they did on the PTR was they just talked about, like, combat readiness, it lasts for 20 seconds instead of 30, but the stacking buff lasts 10 seconds instead of 6, which is like, okay, so it's a trade-off, that's fine, no big deal. Smoke Bomb now only lasts for 5 seconds instead of 10. I'm not sure why they nerfed our fart bubble, but I guess they had a good reason for it. I... I don't know. I have no opinion on that one way or another because I don't really use it all that much in PvE. Talent specializations, it looks like they're beginning to tweak combat. They changed the mastery a little bit and, and kind of improved it a little bit. Um, they also fit, fiddled with revealing strike a little bit. Um, it now increases finisher effectiveness by like 35%, 45% glyphed, and that's up from 20%, so it has a little bit more of an effect to it. I'm presuming this is so that people are more encouraged to use them, use revealing strike and rotations. From what I'd heard, combat, there were some combat rotations where they were, it was, you didn't even use revealing strike. And, how do I put this? Okay, back in Old War, assassination rogues, they were using rupture in all of their rotations. And the main reason that you were doing that was because the four-point bonus for the armor set from Ulduar allowed your rupture ticks to crit, which had never happened with rogues before. So this was really, really cool, and it ramped up your DPS by, like, obscene numbers, right? Well, when you got out of the Ulduar gear, it ended up that once you progressed beyond the Ulduar gear, they introduced this thing called a ruptureless rotation, right? And for the longest time, it was actually more worthwhile to drop Rupture from your rotation completely. So all you were doing was hitting Mutilate and Envenom, and Mutilate and Envenom, and that's all you did. Like, the whole time. It was ridiculous, and it was kind of stupid, and it, you know, it made it a two-button mechanic instead of, like, a three-button mechanic. That's not what Blizzard wants to do. They want people to use all of the abilities that they have available to them. So... I think that's why they're changing Revealing Strike, is to encourage people to actually use it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. They want people to use what they have at their disposal. Jamjars just asked, what about Slice and Dice? Jamjars, what you did was you opened up with, like, Garot or something like that, right? And then you hit Slice and Dice. Well, Envenom refreshes the Slice and Dice duration. So as long as you were hitting Envenom, you didn't have to worry about Slice and Dice. So literally, it was two buttons that you were hitting. <laughs> it was really dumb. <laughs> Mutilate was very, very boring to play in Trial of the Crusade. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> do, you, do you think these changes are a, a lot longer in coming than they should have been? Because that's kind of what I'm feeling towards these, is that I, I would have thought these changes would have been out sooner. 
No, I don't think so. And you know why? Because I think that they needed to gather the data on people actually playing the expansion and, and you know, observe what was going on with statistics and all of that other stuff. And they needed time to actually, you know, they could have watched and and watched how people played in the first two weeks of Cataclysm and then released something then. But I don't think... You have to wait until everybody gets to 85, right? And everybody is playing at the same level. And then you have to observe people playing at that level and compare those people to each other. While everybody is leveling, it's not an even playing field, so you don't have an even look at what people are doing, if that makes any sense. It does, yeah. Does it? You know, they have to take a chunk of the population and look at that chunk and kind of observe what they're doing. But they need to make sure that that chunk of the population is on equal footing. Otherwise, the results that they're getting aren't really valid. So, I, you know, honestly, I think that they're doing this sooner than I expected them to. Hmm. I, I figured it would be a couple of months before we saw anything like this. I don't think that the patch notes that they had come out, I don't think those are anywhere near finalized. I think that they're probably going to be tweaking them more over the next couple of weeks. This isn't a patch that we're going to see released, like, next week or anything like that. I would be surprised if we did. What do you think of the racial changes? I'm okay with them. I I don't think that there's, like... I mean, I don't think that there's anything in there that's, like, groundbreaking. Um, I do like the fact that druids finally get a break here. Uh, the Torin racial trait, War Stomp, you can use it now while you're shape-shifted, which means that bears can War Stomp, which is cool, because um, for the first time ever, druid tanks will actually be able to use their racial... <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, and, and Night Elves, I mean, the, they have Shadow Meld, but again, Night Elf Druids, they can actually use their racial. So I, I'm happy to see that. Uh, Dark Flight, I'm kind of curious about. The the Warden Racial Dark Flight, they, they reduced the cooldown on it. It's a two-minute cooldown instead of a three-minute cooldown, and it's no longer on the global cooldown. And, like, the movement speed bonus, it stacks with existing bonuses, so it's like sprint, only a little bit better. However, it doesn't it can't be activated while sprint or dash is active. Hmm. So I don't know what they're trying to do with it. I, I really I can't see what they're doing with it. Um I like what they did with Stone Form. Stone Stone Form now reduces all damage taken by ten percent rather than boosting armor by ten percent. I like that better because it back when stone form back in vanilla uh, stone form when you use stone form it like broke all CC or something like it like wiped all dots off of you I don't remember exactly what it did but it was something completely different than what it is now yeah and I, I like it you know you turn to stone it shouldn't increase your armor it should reduce the damage that you take that just makes sense in my head so but do you think this will be a long term PTR like we, we, we I agree it's not going to be we're not going to have this in the next week or two. Do you think this is going to be a month or so PTR, or is this going to be a shorter PTR, do you think? I don't know yet. It depends on what the testing, you know, what happens with the people that are on the PTR and play testing, what's going on with it. They need to, again, you know, when you're taking samples from a group of people, you need to make sure that you've got, you know, they can't leave the PTR up for two days and then go, okay, well, we've got enough information to release this now. I think they're going to have to have people play it for a while so that they have that yeah you need that wide spectrum of people to look at to get that information from and I think this is just the beginning of the tweaks I I think we'll probably see more of them 
more updates to the PTR before they actually release the P, you know release the patches live. I think the biggest problem they're going to have is that a lot of people may not want to play on the PTR when they're still trying to level some characters or alts or whatever. Right, and I think that's why that's the other reason why it's going to take a little bit longer is not everybody is playing on the PTR like they were at the the end of uh, Wrath of the Lich King. You know, they they have better things that they could be doing right now, like raiding or farming for raiding crap and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think most of the changes that they've come up with, I don't see anything particularly game-breaking Yeah. with the changes that they've made. Um, but I was, I was surprised to see how many class changes they were looking at, and I was also really surprised to see that rogues didn't have more in there. I was expecting there to be more in there for rogues. I don't know. It's okay, though. We may still see more yet, but uh, let's, yeah. let's take a break. This is from... just the beginning, so. All right, well, let's take a break from the news here, and uh, we're going to play a voicemail. Um, okay. And this is from our good friend, Mark the Firefighter. Okay. Hi, Medros and Shade. This is Firefighter Mark. How are you guys doing? I was listening to your most recent podcast, and uh, the section Skolnick's Azeroth Less Traveled. Um, he was talking about that cabin with the sheep and the gnome NPC, and it kind of got me thinking about where it came from. My theory is um, there is a writer by the name of Philip K. Dick who wrote a book called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which later on turned into a movie called Blade Runner, uh, which had Harrison Ford and was directed by Ridley Scott. Great movie. So I was just wondering, maybe uh, the NPC character, the gnome, who was named after a Blizzard employee, maybe they're a big Blade Runner fan. So I was just thinking about that. And um, I, I'm, I'm also going to go check out that cabin. It sounds pretty cool. But um, thanks again for what you do, and um, look forward to the next podcast. Take care. Thank you very much, Mark. And uh, we actually have Skolnick in the chat room. Uh, I actually think that's a very interesting suggestion. Um, the... Uh, the sheep is definitely would probably be considered an electric sheep. What do you think? It's a stretch. I think that's a stretch. I think when they're referencing stuff like that, whether it be written material or or TV shows or movies or anything like that, they're usually a lot more blatant about it. I think this was just more of a reference to the guy that was working there. I I I, I don't see the connection. I, I don't think that there's a connection there. I think if they were going to put a connection in there, they would have made it a lot more obvious. <laughs> hmm. Well, we'll, ha- we'll have to try and ask a Blizzard rep sometime. Yeah. We'll just get one up on the phone. I'm sure it'll be easy. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call one right on up. Yeah, we also got another uh, voicemail. It was a bit longer um, mm-hmm. from Canthalion asking whether we will, whether we expect to see Maev's Shadow Song uh, returning in current or future content. I don't think so. I don't know. If we haven't seen her yet, I don't expect that we'll see her. The thing was, was uh, with Maiev, at the end of uh, Burning Crusade, you have to realize that Maiev Shadowsong, her life was de- dedicated to hunting Illidan. That was number one priority. Everything else was like, meant nothing to her. It was all about Illidan. It was all about getting to Illidan and all about getting her revenge. So when she... When... When you defeat Illidan in the Black Temple, uh, one of the things he says is he's he says, you know, the hunter is nothing without the hunted and you are nothing without me. 
or something along those lines. That's like a paraphrased version of what he said. And she agreed with that. Um, Maiev minus Illidan is nobody. She has nothing to live for. She has nothing to do, which is kind of funny because it almost it almost makes her a little bit Sylvanas in a way. Yeah. Uh, there are there, there's sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, well, maybe Maiev is kind of the Alliance's answer to Sylvanas. You know, that driven woman who is after one thing, after the whole vengeance thing. Because with Sylvanas, it was Arthas as the Lich King. And with Maiev, it was Illidan. Big difference being, though, that Maiev, once Illidan was defeated, she said, you're you're right, I am nothing. And then she just sort of walked off and we never saw her again. Yeah. Whereas Sylvanas went ahead and said, okay, I've had my vengeance. Now I'm going to go completely insane and plague everything, you know? There's, there's like, a big difference there. Um, do I think we're going to see her in Cataclysm content? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what they want to do. Uh, so far, we've seen a couple of people from Burning Crusade make appearances, because obviously Millhouse Manastorm, you know, we found him in the Architraz, and he showed up in Cataclysm. So we may see her at some point. I'd like to see her. I'd like to see what she's been up to. I'd like to see what her new obsession is. But, yeah... I don't know if they're actually going to bring her in or not. There's been nothing to indicate that they would. Yeah. Well, I think if they do a, a redo of of Outlands, like they have suggested they're probably going to do, and Northrend, that's probably when they'd bring in Maeve, I think. I, you know, I was interested, when they brought in, in High Jaw, you see uh, Jared's shadow song. Jared is Maeve's brother. Yeah. So I was, mm-hmm. for a while there, I was thinking, ooh, they're going to do something with Maeve, but then we never saw anything. And poor Jared. Jared didn't even rate his own voice. I was sad about that. <laughs> you know, I got, okay, side side topic here. <laughs> I was ex- so excited to see him in because I have been wondering where the heck he's been since I read War of the Ancients. Because I thought he was such a strong character in that book. He was a really cool character in that book. And then he just disappears. He was in the game for so long. Yeah, he just yeah. disappears and everybody's like, Jared? Jared who? We don't know Jared. He's off doing a deal with um, this sandwich company in Stormwind losing weight <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope that they will uh, bring his character um, into more story when they when they do the addition to Igel in 4.1 because that I can't yeah, I can't I see why do. they would do so little with his character other than what you rescue him and then he's at the, the portal thing there that's about it you rescue him and he helps you do your thing and then he's like cool sup thanks for letting me i'm gonna go back to uh the cheese shop in uh stormwind there lose some more weight i i don't know poor jared jared needs more to do (laughs) but yeah i I, like i said I, i really loved his character in the book and i really am happy that he's in the game i just hope they do more with him because he seems like such a waste of a strong strong character but that's that's beside the point. Um, let us uh, let's do our trivia contest now, shall we? Our trivia contest? Oh, okay. Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. All right. I'm just doing a trivia question incoming in the chat channel here, so people know that it's coming in. So uh, this week on Know Your Lore, I talked about Ashara a little bit, not Ashara the queen chick, but Ashara the leveling zone and the blue dragon flight because there's been. A lot of talk of what the Blue Dragon Flight has been up to. The Blue Dragon Flight was led by Malgos, and Malgos was one of a few blue worms 
The thing about dragons is they have all kinds of different forms. So you've got you've got like the little dragonkin, you've got the little dudes with the four legs and stuff, and then you've got the blue worms. So the blue worms are the big guys. You're talking about Caligos, and you're talking about Azuregos, you're talking and Azuregos, you know, he played a big part in Ashara. One of these blue worms is available, you can find him in game. He's difficult to find, but you can find him. He was part of the War of Ankaraj way, way, way back in the day. Um, he is available right now. You can talk to him in game. And I want to know what his name is and who he or what he's currently taking the form of because he's not a dragon right now. He's something else. Hmm. I I honestly don't know this one myself. So uh, <laughs> uh, he is an offspring our... of Malagos. So. It, it, it seems our chat room is likewise very, very, very uh, lost in this con- question. Um, so uh, to read off the question uh, again, what is the name of the blue worm associated with the War of Ankaraj, and what is he currently taking the form of in game? Yep, you actually saw him in worm form. If you ever did the uh, scepter for the Shifting Sands quest line, there was a quest line where you got to uh, go through and witness what happened during that original war of Ankaraj, and he was there. And then, uh, in-game, though, he's not a worm right now. He's something else entirely. So I want to know what his name is, and what he is right now. I would also ask where he is, but I think I've, you know, two is enough. (laughs) I'm very, very curious uh, by this one. (laughs) That is clear. Okay. Um, we do have a winner. Zappy, Zappy got it. Uh, his name is Aragos. It's A-R-Y-G-O-S. Um, he's actually, he can be found in the Temple of Ankaraj, and he's taking the form of a gnome. And you can go in and you can talk to him, and I believe he gives you armaments and things like that. Um, there's only a handful of blue worms that are actually known in game right now. There's Malagos, who's obviously dead. Cindergosa was, um, a blue dragon originally. She was, uh... Malagos's consort, and then she got turned into the whole undead dragon dude chick with the annoying voice. And then you also had uh, Azuragos, you had Caligos, um, you had Aragos, and then there was another guy named if I remember right Balagos, and he was referenced in a novel. He was referenced in I want to say Night of the Dragon. Yes. But he's not actually in the game or anything like that. So yeah, Zappy, you won, and I need you to... Well, first off, I need to find my loot codes here. Do, 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 do. Zappy, pick a number between 1 and 5 for me, if you would. 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. You have won a Sandbox Tiger loot code, courtesy of WowTCGloot.com. That's the website you go to if you want any of the loot cards for the WowTCG... Well, Wow Trading Card Game game. <laughs> so send an email to Shade... I totally cut off your sound clip. Go ahead with that again. I'm sorry. Play it again. (laughs) Do for two. I'm really bad at this. (laughs) Fogilneus. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, you want a sandbox tiger? Loot code? Send an email to Shane at altingsazeroth.com and I'll go ahead and get that mailed out to you after the show. Thank you to WowTCG Loot for providing us with prizes to give away. And moving on without the sound clips. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) 
cutting them off. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 mad about that. Um, so yes, I'm uh, sorry. Zappy tells us that there is no Ask Moo this week because there was no questions for Ask Moo. So send your questions. Oh, we need questions. Yeah. And to answer MooGyver, Frostmorn hungers. You sounded so creepy <laughs> when you were sick. <laughs> Well, right in the post show last week said I should uh, I should uh, get voice do some voice work. Uh, of course, I then have to make myself sick or get the gravelly voice. And I'm sorry, I'm not Andy Circus. Yeah, because you know, you were pretty sick there. You were like sick I as was, a dog. I was. Anyway, so do we want to talk about other stuff or do we want to do a Warcraft less traveled? Because uh, we have one of those this we week. We do don't have we? one of those. I do want to talk about one other thing. Okay. And this will be a limited discussion because we will talk about this more next week. Okay. Corey Stockton, who apparently uh, in his forum name goes by, was it Mumbles or something? I, I don't... I'm not sure. Anyways, um, Corey Stockton did whatever he wanted for a very long time now and actually addressed Tolbarat. Mm-hmm. They admitted that there's problems. They they want it to be hard to to for the attacker to win, but they don't want it to be impossible. And it currently is to win as an attacker unless you are given the win. So, yeah. What do you think about the overall theme of the post? I mean, it, it doesn't suggest what they're going to do to fix it. It doesn't state, you know, basically it seemed very minimalistic to me in their yeah, they kind of glossed over, I mean, they kind of glossed over what it was really about. See, I think that we're saying one thing and they're hearing a different thing because what he seemed to be addressing was about people queuing, like, you know, the problem of having equal queues so that it's an even game and all this other stuff and, you know, they want it. It seems like he was talking about keeping Tolbarod exciting and, and making it something that people wanted to do. That's not what we're concerned with. We do want to do it. It's just that we don't want to do it unless it's, you know, balanced. And it's not... It's not balanced right now. It seemed like he was answering the wrong questions. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like he heard heard everybody's, you know, what everybody was talking about. And he assumed, oh, well, you know, everybody's concerned about the whole one-on-one queuing thing. That's that's not what we're concerned with. I mean, I am a little bit because on servers with lopsided populations, it's really hard to get into Tolbarad. Because, you know, there's only a handful of alliance queuing up. But when you have a ton of horde on the server, well, they can't all play. So what are you supposed to do about that? But it's not... I mean, they're talking about making the battle feel like it's meaningful, so there's a reason that you want to go do it. People want to go do it. They want to go do this thing. They they want to go play it. You know, because it has the potential to be really fun, but it's not fun right now. The one thing of the post that I read that I actually gleamed on, that I that I noticed and really made me go... What is this line? Taking Tolbarad should be tough, but right now it's a little bit too tough. I think, Mr. Stockton, that everybody's telling you it's a little more than a little bit too tough. It's a lot too lot too tough. Well, and they want it 
they want it to be a struggle. This is this is the part that I found really really funny about that article, right? Okay, because what he was talking about, he was saying the thing about Winter Grasp is that Winter Grasp. It, it got to the point where it was so lopsided and so imbalanced that you'd see the thing flip back and forth and just do a flip-flop on the server. So Alliance would have it, then Horde would have it, and it'd go back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth towards the end of Wrath. Well, the reason it was doing that towards the end of Wrath is we had no real reason to be doing it. I mean, we farmed VOA until we could get nothing out of it anymore of any consequence, except for, you know... A rare drop mount, but that really wasn't enough incentive to go raid the zone when we didn't need anything out of there. Um, everybody had, you know, badges coming out of their ears, so there was no reason to farm it for badges. Uh, the quests really weren't that spectacular or anything, so the, and, you know, I the only cool part about having Winter Grasp was that you got spirit shards that you could, you know, use to buy gems and things like that or, or heirloom gear or you could turn them in for honor points where you could go buy gems with the honor points you know that kind of thing that's pretty much the only reason that I did Winter Grasp was so that I could buy gems <laughs> it was the easiest way, way to get a whole bunch of honor all at once just by doing the weekly quest right you go and you take all of those little Winter Grasp tokens or whatever, you turn them into Honor, then you have a boatload of Honor points, and then you go to the dude in Orgrimmar and you say, I would like some gems, please, and they would give you gems. And it was super easy, and it didn't cost you any gold. It actually gave you gold, because when you turned in the quest, it was a weekly quest, so you got like 24 gold a quest or something like that. So it was pretty cool, right? But beyond that, there wasn't really any reason to play Winter Grasp. I mean, it was kind of kind of kind of boring <laughs> so that's why it flop flip flop back and forth so they're complaining they're saying well well they're not complaining they're saying we don't want the flip flop the flip flop back and forth we want it to actually be a struggle so what do they do they put in a hotfix that gives the attacker 1800 honor when they win causes people to start win training and then guess what it does? It flip-flops back and forth, just like Wintergrasp did. So, I mean, what were they thinking? I don't... I don't... This post is incomplete. It sounds like they want more people to queue up. And the thing is, is the best way for them to get more people to queue up for Tolbarad is to make Tolbarad fun to play without being impossible. Make it more interactive. Give us more stuff to do. I mean, right now you go in there and it's like, well, you have to destroy the towers, right? So here's what you do. You take a siege engine, do-do-do-do-do, you hop in it and you go, and you drive it up to a tower, right? And then you hit a button and it goes, and it sticks you out of the siege engine. And then the siege engine just sits there and throws catapults, like throws bombs at the tower endlessly. And you're just standing there kind of twiddling your thumbs, watching it do its thing, going, okay, well... That was exciting. I guess I'll go kill some Alliance now or something. You know, I mean, there has to be a happy medium between the vehicle-happy spamming fun fest that was Winter Grasp and what actually works. Making an automatic attacking siege engine really isn't fun. So make it fun. You know, make it fun. Make it fun and make it winnable. I... I'm not saying make it super easy. I don't want super easy um, if I was to play Tolbarad. I would like a challenge, but right now, 
it seems like it comes down to the last like 20 seconds of the match and you know if you're lucky you get it and if you're not lucky then you don't get it you know if they want more people to be queuing up and playing it then they should make it worthwhile they should make it worth their time right now the only thing that you get out of Tolbarad winning Tolbarad you get a handful of daily quests which is cool so you can get more commendations and buy your little mounts or your or your other stuff but you don't need to do Tolbarad to do that it just takes you a little bit longer doing the daily quests that are available outside of Tolbarad and then you get to do a raid boss and the raid boss drops gear that you can get with valor points or honor points you know there's other ways to get that gear. There is no spirit shard mechanic. There's no way to get gems off of the sky or anything like that. There's no there's no tangible reason to want Tolbarad. It's just more dailies. That's all it is. And that's not enough for a lot of people. I'm, I'm sure that we'll talk about this more next week, and maybe we'll see if we can get uh, Matt McCurley on yeah. uh, as a special third guest host uh, I can talk next to week him about to talk it. a little bit about Tolbarad <laughs> since... If I tell him, hey, you should come do All Things Azeroth again and talk about Tolbarad, he'll be like, I am so there. You know, I, I just need to ask him about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll send him a message and say, hey, Matt, you want to do an All Things Tolbarad podcast for my, on my network and see what he thinks? <laughs> he would love to, I'm sure. He loves talking I'm sure, but about I think that he might have a, a limited lifespan and it's... For, that, for that kind of show. Yeah, they yeah. fix it, it's done. He, he, yeah. He's done talking about it. If they fix it correctly, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. And, and uh, you know, as with all aspects of the game, balancing is an ongoing issue. And I know that they are trying to balance as best they can, but they need to be balancing better. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't feel like that post that he made. It didn't feel like he was trying to adjust, address the balance issues. It felt like he was trying to address address the fact that not as many people are queuing up for it as as they would like to see. Well, give us a reason yeah. to queue up. You know, fix the balance changes. Maybe offer us a little bit more incentive in the form of, I don't know, loot we care about off of those raid bosses or some sort of spirit shard mechanic, some sort of something. Some sort of tangible something that affects the world outside of Tolbarad and more people will queue up. That's all you have to do with that. Make it fun. Baked Taters. Baked Taters. That is the best name ever, Baked Taters. Anyway, said in the chat channel, make it fun, all caps, with a big smiley face. I totally 100% agree with that. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's uh, let's just say this here, and then we'll move on to Warcraftless Traveled. You are not prepared. I, I totally wanted to jump in in the middle of that just because I thought it'd be funny, but I decided not to. And let's play our work. I want to let you know. And, uh, <laughs> let's tra do <laughs> traveling with our good friend Skullnick. Let's see what Skullnick's got this week. Warcraft Less Traveled. A World of Warcraft time capsule dedicated to the exploration and discovery within WoW. The Darkshore Whirlpool and Demon Hunter. The Demon Hunter. Just the mention of this reminds many of us about the one dangerous Demon Hunter we faced in the final days of the Burning Crusade expansion, Illidan Stormrage. Well, your days of coming face to face with the Demon Hunter in Azeroth have not exactly ended. Today's journey will involve a dark, swirling whirlpool, 
a hidden quest that leads to a surprise in-game achievement, and the opportunity to find a rather unfriendly demon hunter inside a secret cave. The exploration begins at the once serene coast of Darkshore, which has seen better days. Located in the northwestern section of Kalimdor, the landscape of Darkshore has been altered greatly with the Cataclysm. One new feature in the zone here is a new chasm of rivers, waterfalls, and even a swirling whirlpool. The giant churning whirlpool can be found southeast of the elven village of Lordorel. The raging whirlpool is titled Maw of the Void, and it is formed at the base of one of the waterfalls in the flow of the rivers running in the northeastern part of the zone. At this Maw of the Void whirlpool, at coordinates 51, 31, explorers can stand on the edge of the land, pondering what doom may befall them if they dare jump into the circling waters below. And yes, you must. Against all good sense, all Warcraftless traveled explorers need to take the leap into the whirlpool. And what happens next is quite surprising. Plunging into the water triggers a short in-game cinematic. The scene shows your tune drawn into the crashing torrent, and at the end of the cinematic, instead of a watery grave, you will find yourself inside an underground cave. This hidden cave shows you at coordinates 5131 and bears the area description of the Baushalaran Collapse. The cave is medium-sized, and it has shallow water in the initial section where you first appear. Elven ruins can be found throughout here too, and quickly you'll learn that the cavern has no exit. The whirlpool must have pulled you down into the Maw of the Void and into this hidden cavern. In this initial watery portion of the cave where you first appear, you'll find a solitary elf NPC named Bylara Ivy Shroud, and speaking with Bylara allows you to have an immediate teleport back up to the surface of Darkshore. But it must be noted that unfriendly reputation with the elf's Cenarian Circle faction will not permit interaction with her. So, discovering this secret cave is normally enough when it comes to exploring unexplained destinations in Azeroth for us, yet there is even more to this mysterious location. From the elven NPC by Lara, you can travel up a ramp deeper into the cave. You'll find two hostile forlorn highborns wandering the caverns as you ascend. After a short walk, the passageway ends in a ring of ceremonial lit candles. In the center, you will find a hostile demon hunter named Talarius Voidstrider. He is non-elite and will immediately attack both Horde and Alliance factions. As a demon hunter, his appearance shares many similarities to that of Illidan, and in his nameplate, Talarius shows the subtitle, Herald of the Dark Embrace. Talarius, when attacking you, will shout, The shadows will consume you. You are not prepared to face the void. And yes, I agree, this all does not sound too friendly. But never fear, Talarius the Demon Hunter is easily defeated. And once defeated, Alliance players can loot an item from him called Writings of the Dark Herald. This item begins a secret quest titled Writings of the Void, which requires the return of the Demon Hunter scroll manuscripts back to the Elf Ranger, Galinda, and Lord Donnell. Unfortunately, killing Talarius as a Horde faction tune, this loot item does not drop, and the quest cannot be obtained. So, for those of the Alliance, returning the quest item to the village of Lordanel, you will be rewarded a 10-point achievement called Ghosts in the Dark. This hidden achievement is described as Discovering the Secret Buried Beneath the Maw of the Void in Darkshore. And the quest scrolls that you returned are described as being part of a much larger puzzle and may lead to revealing the steps to become a demon hunter. Unfortunately for us, Night Owls frown on this sort of thing and sadly, no follow-up demon hunter quest 
or details are given once the quest is turned in and the achievement is achieved. Some may speculate that this is an early foreshadowing to a new hero class in WoW, but I tend to think that instead, the reference to the Demon Hunter class is more of a nod to its appearance in the upcoming Diablo 3 release by Blizzard. But, like I am most often, I could be very wrong, and maybe we'll see the surfacing of a Demon Hunter class within Azeroth as a playable class. So, there you have it. A special cinematic, a raging whirlpool, an underground cavern, a temperamental demon hunter, and a secret achievement. It all makes me wonder what other mysterious things can be found just below the nearly destroyed surface of Azeroth. And since this special achievement appears to be Alliance only, it looks like we'll need to explore a bit more of the less traveled areas of the Horde and see if we can uncover anything peculiar or puzzling. Until then, I think next week we'll see what it takes to get sand in our shoes and obtain the reins of a mount that is almost as good as a ghost crawler moose. Maybe one lump or two. Feel free to send your show comments or questions to warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com or listen back to the show archives at warcraftlesstraveled.com. My name is Skolnik, and until next time, remember to travel safe, know that swimming floaties don't work well in massive whirlpools, and leave only footprints. The, the people at Chaum uh, are all fairly uh, in agreement on this. They want a Demon Hunter class. It would be cool. Unfortunately, I think that... I don't know. I'm thinking about it, and I'm trying to think about the mechanics and stuff. And it, uh, with a Demon Hunter, you're looking at um, being, like, corrupted or something like that, right? Well, we have the Death Knights who were corrupted, kind of, because they were... Ra- so there seems to be kind of a similarity between the feel between those two classes so I don't know if that's something that they would introduce I have no idea um would I love to see it oh heck yeah I would love to see it um as far as that quest not having a horde equivalent there is actually um if you go into Ashara as horde right now and you ride the highway from one end to the other like ride the whole thing the whole rocket way then you get an achievement for doing that um that's a horde only achievement obviously because you know it's a bilgewater cartel so i'm assuming that this was probably their answer to you know give the alliance something that's just as cool um personally i think this is cooler than riding the rocket way around and i want to i want to do the demon hunter thing and this is a cool achievement anyway i may jump through the whirlpool just to jump through the whirlpool <laughs> Even though I can't really do anything once I'm there, I'll do it anyway because I think it'd be cool. It's definitely definitely an idea, and uh, I think mm-hmm. it, I think it sounds awesome personally. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about a couple more news items, and then we'll wrap the show up here. Cataclysm set what is said to be a record by not only mm, yeah it was at 3.3 million sales in the first 24 hours, but. A monthly sale, a month, first month sale record of 4.7 million copies of Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. How many people play the game? How many people were playing Wrath of the Lich King? You know, yeah. you're looking at what 12 million people. So I, I pretty much assumed that their numbers were going to be just absolutely astronomical for sales numbers. Um, and I imagine that'll stay pretty steady over the course of the year as more people upgrade or more people come back or more people buy more copies of the game for second accounts, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's still, like, an amazing... It's it's an astronomical amount of games sold. <laughs> yeah. And really, I mean, we, we can't even include China in this because 
as far as I know, they don't even have Cataclysm. They just got Wrath again. Uh-uh. No, they just got Wrath. Cataclysm has not been released in China yet. And I'm sure as soon as it's released in China, people will go nuts. So, you know. I'd, I'd like to see them do a sim- simultaneous release of an expansion to all of their zone, like all their uh, uh, player base at the same time and see how big those numbers could be. Like China, Korea, Europe, North America, everything. Yeah, the problem with doing that with doing that with China is China, there are certain regulations that they have to follow. That's why the Chinese version of the game. Um, I don't know if you've seen screenshots or, or, or not from it, but like all of the skeletons and things like that have been replaced with with different graphics because you know you don't you don't put those graphics in games in China. Um, the undead, yeah, characters like the Forsaken characters, they don't have bones exposed. They've actually you know got skin all the way around that kind of thing. So there's certain regulations, and it takes time to go through, jump through all those hoops, and get everything approved. Yeah. So. That's that's I think that's the reason why you don't see simultaneous release. Plus, you know, Wrath just got released in China. They just got the contract back. They were just allowed to do it. So I, I'm pretty sure that they weren't about to, you know, stall ca- Cataclysm for however long it took for the Chinese government to approve yeah. the game to release it elsewhere. I, I'd love to see it. I, I think their numbers would just be like, you know, explosively huge, but... That's it. Blizzard needs to bring democracy to China and and bring <laughs> cataclysm with it. I think China's or, doing just fine. The next WoW expansion with it. There we go. I think I think it's weird <laughs> how how their games are kind of regulated. I, I find that interesting. I, I shouldn't say weird because that has connotations that is bad. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think it's interesting. I guess it's interesting to see a country that you know monitors their video games that closely and makes sure that no disturbing imagery or anything like that, you know, gets released, that kind of thing. It's it's just, it's kind of fascinating to me. So. Well, congratulations to the Cataclysm development team. Uh, you guys did an awesome job and clearly oh, yeah. your sales have uh, have proven that um, more, more, t- more times than we can count. And this was definitely a thumbs up. I mean, yes, there are points of the game that are a thumbs down <clears throat> to Old Broad, but, like, Overall, <laughs> overall, the game has been a really positive experience. People are really, you know, people really enjoy it. So I'm happy about that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a topic. The The title of this article, um, as a fan of the TV show Firefly, uh, drew me <laughs> in, uh, you could say. The sudden yet inevitable betrayal of gaming content. Or gaming, gaming immersion. immersion. So... Yeah. For those who don't know, at the pilot, the the intended pilot for the TV show Surrent or Firefly, and uh, they the opening scene has or one of the opening scenes has uh, the pilot Wash. whose name is Wash playing with dinosaurs, and plastic dinosaurs. The T Rex betrays the Triceratops, and the Triceratops says, "Arg, curse your sudden and inevitable betrayal." And Blizzard in Cataclysm put a knoll in, I believe, Hill, Hillsbrad or somewhere? Um, it's in Lachmanon. Lachmanon, okay. Um, yeah. A, a knoll in Lachmanon who says that, and apparently in beta, the murloc that he's talking to responded, mine is an evil murgogurgle, now die, which is what the T-Rex says in Firefly. Minus the murgle gurgle. Yes. I've actually, my car, I have a, I have a plastic dinosaur sitting on the dash of my car. <laughs> 
And it's a deliberate Firefly reference. Not many people pick it up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I loved that show. It, 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 I actually just finished watching it again. I got a, I got the box set for Christmas because I loaned my note um, month well over a year ago now, and I never got it back. So. Oh, I don't loan mine out. Mine's signed. Oh, I don't loan oh, it out. I love, I, love, <laughs> my, I, I have a, also the collector's edition of Serenity, too. I'd love to get them signed, but yeah. I have never had a chance to meet any of the people. I just happened to be in the same spot as Joss Whedon when I bought the oh, set, and I oh. was like, uh, you know, oh my god, I was speechless. He's yeah. cool, though. And and he's used to girls standing in front of him going, blah, 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 <laughs> love you, sign. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I would. I'd love to get my box set and of uh, this Firefly series and my Serenity DVDs mm-hmm. uh, signed by anybody on the cast. Never mind Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, one day I will. Yeah. Hopefully. I liked this post though because this post actually addressed a really good point. Is you know, it pop culture references like that are totally fine, but there's the argument that that those kind of pop culture references can take a player out of the game where, you know, it disrupts, like, the immersion into the game itself and, and, you know, adds, like, just this silly element that, you know, shouldn't belong in a game that people treat seriously or whatever. And I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. It's interesting that it's brought up with that particular quest rather than, oh, I don't know, three quarters of Oldham. (laughs) I love Oldham, don't get me wrong. I thought the zone was fun. I liked the cutscenes. People complain about the cutscenes. They say there's too many cutscenes. Um, I liked the cutscenes because I saw them as a way of kind of furthering the cinematic feel of the zone. And since, you know, that particular section of the zone was kind of a movie parody in and of itself, putting the cinematics in really nailed that whole, oh, you know... You're not you're not playing your game anymore. You're in this weird movie, yeah. you know. But but at the same time it does take you out of the game. And in the case of Oldham, it took away from the kitty cat people. And I really wanted to know more about the kitty cat people. We didn't learn enough about the kitty Just cat people. Just read Matt Rossi's post. He has lots on the kitty cat people. I did, but the thing is is like, you know, I, I you know, he said everything there was to say about the kitty cat people, which was cool, but there should be more than that. I mean, that zone was pretty much centered around... That's where the Tolvir lived. That's where all of this stuff happened. But you get, like, a third of the quests are dedicated to the Tolvir, and the rest is dedicated to this ridiculously huge and long parody of an Indiana Jones flick. Yeah, pretty much. Com- complete with, you know, thinly veiled Nazi references, which I found funny, but at the same time, I was like, but what about the kitty cat people? Yeah. Blizzard <laughs> has put a lot of um, a lot of pop culture references from Toshley Station to Kaylee Smallfry to Kara Thrystar. I mean, there's all kinds of sci-fi pop culture reference. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that nowhere in Oldham did I find uh, the Stargate SG-1 NPCs that were in Stormwind in the the off the PvP yeah. vendor area there. Well, and I mean, the pop culture stuff, it's nothing new. I mean, back in Vanilla, we had the Star Trek, the goblins that were references to Star Trek characters that took you into the Nomergon if you were, uh, if you were Horde. There was, like, a teleporter that you could use. And, you know, you had, like, 
Spock, only it's not Spock. I think it was Sprock and Snotty and a bunch of, you know, they had like a bunch of references to that. So it wasn't, I mean, those pop culture references have always been there. I think that they've almost ramped up the number of them in Cataclysm, like by a substantial degree. And part of me, part of me thinks, oh, you know, it made it really fun. It, It made it really fun and silly and cool and all that other stuff. And then the other part of me goes, well, what happened to their writing department? Do they not have enough to write about? I mean, do they? Is there not enough Warcraft story to write, to write about that they have to dedicate three quarters of a zone to a movie parody? Shouldn't they be concentrating on their own lore instead of yeah doing these pop culture references? I I don't know, and I'm kind of conflicted over that. Um, I don't think it's a matter of immersion for me so much as it's a matter of good writing versus parody writing parody writing can be very good writing i mean look at oh gosh i don't know terry pratchett (laughs) who like makes a living writing these insane novels that are you know parodies of other novels and other events and he does it brilliantly he does a brilliant job they're very funny books and i love them very much for what they are but when i'm playing a video game like warcraft that has this gigantic amount of backstory that they could be pulling from you know all this lore that they could be advancing and instead of advancing that lore that they've built up over however many years you know 10 years or however long warcraft has been around they choose to do a movie parody and to me it feels a little cheap. They, they definitely you know? have some stuff they could improve upon, and some stuff they they really don't need all of the pop culture references they add. I need more kitty cat people information. That's my request. Well, maybe they'll add some more dailies or something into all them for you. Or do they it have would any be cool. dailies right now? Um. Well, no, because I'm already exalted with Romkahan, but but since they were talking about in poten- potentially in future patches updating Hyjal so that it's completely healed, you know, which is cool, and adding dailies up there. Maybe they'll do something with Oldham and the kitty cat people, where the kitty cat people, now that they've, you know, taken back all their stuff, have more kitty cat things to do, wander around, chopping down trees, going meow, 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 meow. Anyway, my favorite thing to do in Oldham is, you you know, there's that group of uh, training people, they're like... It's a group of kitty cats, right? And they're all like, there's one guy in front, and he's all like, okay, everybody swing your sword to the left. And everybody's like, swing your sword to the left, right? Only they don't have any voice files or anything like that. They just make these cute little purring noises. <laughs> so anytime I see any of them talking or doing the talking gestures, I automatically go, meow, 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 You know, and it makes the... The zone is so entertaining. <laughs> All right, but uh, enough about kitty cat people and their pony hats and and movie re- movie parodies in in, in entirety zones. Uh, let us mm-hmm. uh, let us wrap up the show because um, okay. I think we're about done. I got banana bread to make. <laughs> yes, and I have banana bread. I'm waiting for so. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, let's see here. I will. Uh, I'll start out this time since you always do it. Okay, folks. I do ask again that you send in your. Entries for our contest, our fourth anniversary fourth contest. anniversary spectacular. Check out allthingsazeroth.com <laughs> for more information on that contest. And we do look forward to your entries. We have lots of prizes. Um, at this point, we're looking at, um, we could probably give prizes to like 10 to, 10 to 15 people if we gave one prize to each person. Ooh. So we have lots of prizes to give away. So um, don't be afraid to send your entries in, please. Thank you. We like Once those. Once again, uh, you can send those, your 
clip him yourself or send us the times and give us a reason why you're sending that clip in. Like, I don't, I just don't want just, oh, this is my favorite. I want to know why it's your favorite. Because honestly, if you can't explain <laughs> to me why it's your favorite, then maybe it's not that great. And I know if you're sending it in, it's great. So do include your reasons why. Now, also, you can also send us your um, your best wishes, your congratulations on four years and, and all that good stuff. And that's via email to show at allthingsazeroth.com. Um, you can send in uh, voicemails to our voicemail line, one seven eight five ata well 5 That's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. Or you can also send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com as well. Ask Moo wants questions. Cannot do segments without questions. So send your questions, please, to askmoo42 at gmail.com. And send your feedback on Warcraft, Warcraft Less Traveled to Skolnik over at Warcraft, Warcraft Less Traveled at gmail.com. We would like to see your reviews on iTunes. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you think of the show and how you think we can improve it. Um, other than five-word trashing of the show we would love to hear what you say um and we do I, I do check those regularly we do have a listener survey that we want you to fill out so that we can try and get some advertising that is relevant to the show and relevant to you as listeners i was going through that the other day and some really awesome likes and dislikes that i read some were one at one word answers shade some were very long paragraphs those both those are really good give us your thoughts and help us out by going to the listener survey how would you tell people the rest of our emails, Twitter, Facebook, and I'll tell them about DreamHost. Uh, as far as finding us, you got our voicemail number, emails, show at all things, Uh If you want to reach us individually, you can email medros at medros at allthingsazeroth.com. I am at shade at allthingsazeroth.com. You can follow the show account on Twitter if you happen to tweet and do that tweeting thing. Uh, the show account is allthingsaz. Medros's Twitter account is medros. Mine is shades o gray. That's shades, the letter O, and then G-R-E-Y. And you can also find uh, follow Don Forge, Don Forge is the new production company for all things Azeroth and Group Quest. Uh, let's see. We do have Facebook. We've got a show. We've got a page for the show. We've got a fan page. Um, there's uh, all things Azeroth group too, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah. There, there's a group for all things Azeroth, mm-hmm. Group Quest, and Dawn Forge over there. Okay. Yeah. Feel free to follow those. Uh, you can download the show on iTunes if you're listening to it right now. You're listening to the live show. If you're listening to it later, chances are you got it on iTunes. So uh, feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes. We do love seeing those things. And let's see. You already asked on behalf of the Moo, didn't you? I did. You did. Yep. But one more time, because I really, I like Ask Moo. I like Ask Moo just as much as I like the kitty cat people. So send your questions in to askmoo42 at gmail.com, because we would love to have more Moo. Um, and I think that's about it. Uh, there's also our guild, uh, Heroes of Lordaeron. That's Alliance side, Argent Dawn server. Feel free to roll an alt there. And there's Karen Le- Karen's Legacy on the Horde side. Yep. Just look up Legacy, and if there's anybody on, I'm sure we'll... Well, I'm sure you'll find us. And, uh, yeah, that's also in Argentan, U.S. Uh, so okay. definitely check that out. And uh, thank you to lis- thank you for listening to this Dawn Forge production. Um, check out thedawnforge.com for more shows. And we'll have a new show debuting probably within the next uh, couple of weeks, hosted by somebody that many of our listeners may be very familiar with. Ooh. I, don't, I don't know if that's 
hinting enough, but we'll see. Uh, and uh, do check out our web host, that's dreamhost.com. Use the code DEATHWING to get $50 off of any new account. And uh, they're a really awesome host. We get lots of bandwidth, lots of space, and it's an awesome, awesome web host. Once again, dreamhost.com, code DEATHWING. You'll save lots of money. But thanks again for tuning in to this episode of All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week for another another awesome episode. So take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of the pony hat. Meow, 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 meow. I'm like, wait a minute, I said yes, but I don't think you're right. <laughs> this has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com. The following is a portion of the audio recorded at the Cataclysm launch event held at EB Games Polo Park in Winnipeg in conjunction with All Things Azeroth on December 7th, 2010. So you guys were the first guys in line for this here meetup in Winnipeg, Manitoba, also known as Winterpeg, correct? Yes. Zug, zug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what about the game makes you happy and, and willing to wait in line in very cold weather in Winnipeg? for this expansion? I think it's just an awesome role-playing game. Great graphics, great character leveling, you know, the ability to spec how you want, roll whatever character you want. Awesome, awesome. Now, what do, what do you guys plan to do first when you guys get home, assuming you get home after 2 o'clock in the morning, because, of course, we all know you can't play until 2 a.m. our time. Probably buy uh, Azeroth flying skills so can I can explore the old world as much as I want, on flying mounts. I, I was in beta. You, trust me, you'll love it. Be able to take off from your city and just go. Not having to go by the rails like we do now. So, what is your plan for the first thing you guys are going to do when you guys get the expansion? Quest grind. Hardcore. <laughs> so, level 85 or a new Wargunner Goblin? Uh, level 85. Faux show. Uh, you, you, are you going for the level, uh, the first, roam first or uh, server first? Open. Me and him and our guild leader. He's uh, Holy Pally, so we got our heels and two mages. I'm sorry to hear. <laughs> you guys have now received from the store here some prizes. Can you, can you tell me a bit what you guys won and uh, was it worth waiting in line? Well, we got pretty sick mouse bats and yeah, worth three hours in the snow for sure. <laughs> Only three hours? I thought I thought you guys here for like four or five hours. What time is it? It's eleven thirty almost. No, we've been here for three hours. All right, all right. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Best Buy. We're here, EB Games, in uh, in Polo Park here. So. EB Games, All right. Your provisions are an apple, and 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 how much uh, health does that regen for you? Two percent every uh, five seconds. Two percent every five seconds. All right. So, what do you uh, what what do you guys plan to get? Are you guys plan to get the collector's edition or the regular version? 
Just the regular version. I want the collector's edition. I've been hearing snippets of the new music they've added, and it's just gorgeous. Plus, I love the art books. Yeah, for sure. Ultimate would be fairly nice, but I can only afford the regular. <laughs> Same thing. I'm broke. I'm getting the regular. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, am getting the, the collector's edition. I've had mine reserved uh, day one of reservations. So uh, you guys wouldn't want to win prizes, right? All right. Well, I, I, I hear there'll be a chance for upgrades. I'm a WoW noob. This is like the first time I'm getting World of Warcraft is tonight. I'm getting uh, the expansion. I'm really excited to play it. Looks awesome. I was reading up on some lore about Deathwing and his history and the history of the game and stuff, and it's just really cool. And I'm really into it so far, and I'm excited to get it up and going. Plan on running a troll hunter. Not not gonna go troll druid for you? No, well, troll shaman, troll hunter. That's kind of the area that I'm thinking. All right, and uh, you're, you're I'm assuming you're doing a refer a friend, so somebody you can give somebody a friend of yours uh, a mount. Yes, I'm. I'm actually referring my buddy Esteban over here. Awesome, awesome. So. Let me see here. What do you think I should, what do you think I should give away first there, Ian? Uh, uh, you know, that's that's a hard choice. You got lots of really good things right there, man. Well, uh, see, I, I know my friend here. I, I'm, I know he'd like this. Oh. If, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I wave this over this way, it might not last very long. But I, I'm, I'm sure people in line would like a chance that. Oh. There's little baggies. You're wondering what the baggies are, yeah. All right, let's see here. All this cool swag. Now you have to choose how they can actually achieve it. All right. So people at the front of the line, if you guys can pay attention, I've got some trivia questions here. The front of the line gets the first, first question, and this will be for a Horde t-shirt. So the question, now you got to shout it out. If I can't hear you, you can't win. All right? No. The question, I had it here somewhere. I think this is a fairly easy one. What is the name Duratan was going to give his son Thrall? No one? Sorry? Well, come up here, please. What was it? You can hear it when he comes up here. Okay, so uh, say, say it loudly for the group. What was the name? It's Goel. Congratulations, you have won a Horde t-shirt. I hope you're a <laughs> you're not a Hordy, I'm sure you have somebody that you know who is. If not, I'm sure people will mob you for it. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I do have to go to the other, go to later in the line for the next ones, but uh, you, you are, box? sorry? Do you want me to carry the box? I'm trying to figure out how to get the laptop down there first. I don't know, is it going to walk out the door? Uh, so, okay. I'm not going to walk out the door. If you want, I'll carry the laptop so you can run around. All right, yeah. Should be enough power to run it for a bit. This Discord we have to worry about. Uh, take that out there. Alrighty. If you can carry the box, please. 
All right. Hi, everybody. How you doing? How's everybody doing? Everybody having fun? Yeah. Are you guys looking forward to the Cataclysm expansion? Yes. Of course. Who is it? Come on. Who is it? Uh, somebody who started playing a WoW a week ago. Probably isn't really caring about the WoW expansion right now. Me? <laughs> Me? I've been playing September 2004. Whoa. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a long term WoW player. Good to hear. How long have you been playing? Six years. But you're Horty. Damn right. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess I forgive you. I'm, happy. I'm, I'm rolling a goblin so, as well as a Worgen and six alts that are 70. Alrighty, uh, so uh, I have a trivia contest here. <laughs> the uh, first thing I have to ask, though, is anybody here not have an authenticator on their account? All right. You guys will want to pay attention to this question. If you don't want to get hacked, this is the question for you. 42. All right. Now, you got to yell the answer, because I can't hear you, or you can't win. Okay, <laughs> so that's 0 for 2 on people just shouting out random answers. I'm sorry. No, that's not the correct answer. The question is, this gnome NPC is duck in the belly of the beast in Upper Black Rock Spire. What is his name? You got, you got to shout the answer if you know it. I did a first and a last name. Oh. <laughs> but you already won, so I can't let you win again. I'm sorry. The question again, this gnome NPC is stuck in the belly of the beast in Upper Black Rock Spire. What is his name, first and last name? I'm sorry, that was actually the answer to the last question, except not quite. Sorry. Nobody, nobody has it? Nobody has an answer? Okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry, you guys are searching on your phones. I can't allow that. All right, moving on to the next question. Those who are on phones, I cannot allow you to use your phones. That's cheating. Okay, for the hordies out there, name the Blood Elf woman who is the leader of the Blood Knights. That's actually an answer to another question. Not planning to answer that one is too easy. Anybody? Please, please, please say that answer again. Lady Liadria. Uh, that's close enough. Congratulations. You, you have won an authenticator. And, and, any, any words on your prize? For the horde. All right, that works, I guess. So we're going to move a little bit down here. Just to make sure everybody at the back of the line can hear. I hear you seem to be pulling, pulling me in, so I, I'm sorry. This isn't Mortal Kombat. Sorry. Okay. So... Let's see here. This, this prize is going to be, I think, the most epic prize I've got to give away. You get your choice. You can hold the bag there. Of 
one of these or one of those. That's the Windrider Cub or the Wyvern Hatchling or whatever it's called. I don't play hard, sorry. No, I got a second one. So you get your choice of one or the other. Now I gotta make this a really hard question, but nobody's gotten really easy questions so far. So far. So let's see here. All right, here, here's, here's what I think is a tough question. You gotta shout the, the answer. If I can't hear you, you can't win. This ancient city was the pre-centering home of Malfurion and Illidan Stormrage. The first person to make it to this mic with the answer wins. It's warm. <laughs> well, you're also wearing really... Yeah, well, it's warm. She's wearing epic shoulders, literally. <laughs> literally. Anybody? Any, you, have, you, have, you gotta come to the mic to win. So the question again was, this ancient city was the pre-centering home of Malfurion and Illidan Stormrage. Suramore? Are you sure? Is that your final answer? Sure. Are you Horde or Alliance? Um, <laughs> okay, so, so, so the person who's in line, what, play, what faction do they play? Come on up, come on up. <laughs> wow, right at the back of the line, all right. That works. Sorry to make you walk so far. I, I'm sure it's heart, heartbreaking. So what faction do you play, sir? I'm Horde right now. What, what's your main? A uh, hunter. Blood Elf. Blood Elf Hunter is 80, 80 so far? Yeah. All right. So as a, as a player with a Horde character, I'm sure you'd like one of these Windrider Cubs, wouldn't you? There's the there's Windrider Cub. On behalf of all things Azeroth, congratulations. Thank you. Enjoy your cataclysm. So I will be uh, the the Griff, the Griffin has to go to a listener of my show. So these prizes and this contest, the pizza as well as the flyers, as you all know, were brought to you by All Things Azeroth. It's a locally produced podcast. I am located in Winnipeg here. My co-host is in the United States. Unfortunately, can't can't please everybody, but. I do hope you guys will all listen in. We record live Monday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, enjoy your cataclysm. If you guys want some more pizza, there'll be more on your way by to get your cataclysm boxes. Thank you. Woo.